This is the Creative Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Lopez. Hope you enjoy this podcast. It's set up and designed for coaches, leaders, and influencers to share their stories and inspire others to share their stories as well. That we can all learn together as a community and get better every day. So thank you for listening to season two. Today's guest is Brandon Burgett. Coach Burgett is the head coach for the men's team at Kansas City, Kansas Community College. We talked to him today about empowering players, learning from others that your assistants are key, and that sometimes you need to clean up your environment. Hope you enjoy this podcast and you look to get better every day. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. How you doing? I'm doing well, Coach. How are you? Doing good, doing good. Appreciate you having me. No, man, I, I'm so glad that you took the time to be on. I know you've got a regional championship coming up, and uh, I really don't. I really didn't want to mess with that too much, but I sure wanted to get you on, man. I mean, uh, seeing as that you just won your conference uh, Coach of the Year award, uh, kudos to you, man. Congratulations on all that hard work, your team. You know, working hard and, and grinding away and just the perseverance and the dedication, you know, and, and as, as I told you before, man, at the JUCO level, that that means a lot to me because I know how many, you know, how many uh, obstacles there may be at times and the variables involved. And uh, sure. so just to get to this point, uh, you know, congratulations. And, and I'm just thank, thank you for coming on. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. It's, so, been, a, it's been a long process. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I believe you. I believe you 100%, Coach. So I'm going right. to start off like I do every podcast, Coach, and that how are you introduced to the game of basketball? Uh, I was introduced by my dad uh, at the age of three. Um, he put a ball in my hand. He played high school basketball in the Kansas City area. Um, I used to go to the gyms with him when I was younger and just watch him play pickup, and it just kind of just became uh, – something I picked up on just playing basketball, running around with a little small ball, um, being on the Fisher Price goal, thinking I was, you know, throwing the ball in the hoop and dunking it. Yeah. Uh, it just, it just became a natural hobby. Uh, the funny thing about it was as I got older, I was better at baseball than I was basketball. And I kind of really? love baseball, but I started playing multiple sports and, um, you know, basketball just became my love. As I got older and just kept playing, and my dad started coaching me when I was younger, but he coached the age older than me, so I was the youngest person on the team. Yeah, the youngest, you know, kid on the team. So I was father son, but uh, I didn't play much. But I was on the team with a bunch of older guys uh, growing up. So I never really played my age group um, as I got to when I was playing at a competitive level. Yeah, you know, so, yeah, that's that you're talking about something that's uh, old school in a sense where you played up and you got better. And, and then, you know, you talk about the AAU climate, sometimes it's kids playing down or not playing right. the right age level. But yeah, that's the kind of stuff yeah. that got you better. That's the kind of stuff that uh, that pushed you to, to just take it to another level. So yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah, it really did. It really did. You know, it, 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 it made me want to work harder. Because uh, there were games that I didn't play, and then there was a lot of times when people were like, well, "Why don't your son play?" Uh, you know, but 
uh, as you get older, you understand the concept of it and you understand why he did it. Yeah. Yeah. No, man, that's, uh, you talk about your dad having that kind of influence and you kind of just taking that path that man, the love of the game when it's attached to a loved one, to somebody like that, it just yeah. down the line, it becomes so much more worth so much more. And it's, uh, it's meaning and the value of it, it becomes like you said, a hobby, but it comes, becomes more of a passion and uh, a family tradition, if you will. So that's, that's, yeah. that's really cool, man. Really, really cool. Yeah. So coach, as a player, because I'm, I've, I've read some things about your, your time in college, but in high school and college, what was your playing experience like? Um, when I was younger, I was, I was known as a shooter. Um, you know, I could, my dad could shoot the ball very well and I could shoot the ball when I was younger. Um, that's all I did was shoot. People used to tell me I shoot too much, but, <laughs> uh, I, I could shoot it. And then it got to where, uh, I was smaller, yeah. but I could really handle the ball. And a lot of people put me at the point to where I just became to learn how to be a point guard. Um, one of my good friends, Mike Jefferson, uh, who played college basketball at high point, in North Carolina, he was a great point guard and had a really good vision for the game. And I kind of reflected on him on a lot of my game when I was younger because he he uh, he had a good feel and good vision. Um, and then another kid by a guy by the name of Nate Johnson, who is um, assistant coach at Central Missouri right now, he played at Florida State. And growing up, I used to watch him a lot. And you know, at the AAU level, he was kind of like a mentor with me. Um, as far as teaching me different things and being at the playground and going against older guys, I just equipped to being a point guard. And I had a, a, just a field just to make people around me better and make plays. Yeah. Um, you know, in my high school days, uh, I was a point guard in my high school. Um, played three years of varsity. Uh, you know, had a really good high school team, had a good high school senior year. Uh, went up against Vashon, which was a really good game against uh, a great point guard named Dwayne Polk. Yeah. Um, he's a, a St. Louis great in St. Louis. Uh, they had a great team. They were like number one in the nation at the time in the USA Today poll. Wow. Um, didn't end up beating him, but it was a great matchup between him. Just playing against guys like that, uh, growing up against good competition. Uh, when I got to college, I actually went to JUCO for two years. I went to Parkland Community College. Uh, right in Champaign, Illinois, and then I went to North Central Community College my second year. Um, after I did my two years of junior college, I went to Southwest Baptist uh, in Baltimore, Missouri, which is, uh, during my time, it was in the MIAA. Now they're in the GLBC. Yeah. Um, which got to co be coached under uh, Jeff Deal, which was uh, also a longtime junior college coach at Neosho. Coach like guys like Jamel Pardo uh, that played in the NBA for quite some time. Um, was Arkansas great, um, which is a funny story about him, but we'll talk about that later because uh, he's done a lot for me as my college coach. But got to play under him. Uh, Stan Johnson recruited me to Southwest Baptist, who is now at Marquette University, the uh, assistant coach wow. there. Um, Won two conference championships in MIAA. Uh, went to the Sweet 16 twice uh, as a point guard for them. So, uh, had a good college career. Uh, learned a lot from it, being a point guard there. 
um, and also got to start my coaching career there. So being as a player and, and forming myself into a coach, I feel like I had a great experience just on many levels uh, with being able to play junior college and Division two basketball. That's great, Coach. I want to go back to what you said about people telling you you shoot too much. Man, shooters shoot. That's what that's what yeah, shooters do. No. Yeah, <laughs> you know, no, I know. Yeah, you know. Yeah, at, at a young age, you know, people were always like, yeah, <laughs> stop shooting, you shoot too much. But I, yeah, no, man. When I was younger, I could shoot it. But, you know, I, I stopped shooting when I got older. Yeah. People were telling me I need to shoot more. Yeah, to, 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 to be able to come in as a point guard and set everybody up, man, that's the name of the game. And then, right. and then when you're open, man, you better knock it down. Kind of one of those oh, deals. Sure. But, yeah, uh, I, had, I had to learn that the hard way, too. Yeah. <laughs> because no. I, I had some games where, you know, people would leave me open because I just wouldn't shoot it. But I could shoot. I just wouldn't shoot it. But, you know, you got to shoot. Especially yeah. at the point guard position. You got to knock down wide open shots. Yeah. No, man. And you're, you're, you're set up like you're talking about, you know, getting into coaching through that. You know, I always think about what what's the next step when guys are at the end of their college career. You know, what's the next step? What's what's on the menu for them? You know, do they know? Do they have a, a, an idea of where they're headed? You know, do they do they really have the self awareness to say, "No, nah, pro ball is probably not in my future," or maybe it is, maybe it is. I'm not sure. Or do I go into coaching? Do I, you know, heck, do I use this right. uh, degree that I earned? to go make some money. What do I do? And it sounds like you had the right idea and you knew exactly what you wanted to do. Uh, how, how did that, you know, how did, who came in and influenced you to go into coaching and to kind of take that step? Um, you know, I was torn between the two, just like you said, with wanting to keep playing basketball because I was naive and thinking that I was, you know, going to be able to play overseas or, you know, keep pursuing basketball. Um, when I got done with with actually playing college basketball, I told myself I just wanted to be a PE teacher, not even a coach. Yeah. Um, my college coach actually wanted me to coach his son uh, at, with the AAU team in Bolivar, Missouri, um, and play in the Springfield area. Um, there's a, a high school that has a bunch of kids that basically are going to that high school, and they wanted some kids to form together. So that's when I started actually coaching uh, AAU a little bit. And I was helping out as a student assistant into a GA uh, at Southwest Baptist. And in my mind, I really never thought I wanted to be a head or I'm sorry, uh, just a coach in general. Yeah. But um, it kind of grew on me because I'm like, I want to be around basketball. And it's, it's, it's hard enough when your, your playing days are over. But to be formed with a team, be around players and bond and jail and relationships and things like that, uh, it kind of grew on me. And I kind of went back to my uh, AAU days of growing up. Um, I got to be coached under Lafayette Norwood, who was a former Kansas assistant under Larry Brown. And uh, Lafayette was a great coach. Um, and the life lessons that he taught me just growing up and being in a close age with some of these college guys, you know, you can form relationships so quick with some of these guys with our generation. Um, it kind of formed me in a, in a, in a position to say, I want to be able to lead and be able to coach players and be able to be involved in basketball still. And I felt like that was the closest way to do it. Yeah, no, there's uh when you, 
I don't know. I, I hear this from a lot of coaches that, uh, you know, are players that step away from the game and they say, man, I miss the bus rides. I miss, yeah. uh, you know, it's the little things that most people would say, oh, man, that's, you know, or at the time you're thinking, man, tired of being on this bus, man, tired of being in this locker room, I'm tired of, you know, it, I, those are the moments that you miss the most and that you still want to be a part of. And that you look at, you look at the guy across from you, whether it's your player or another coach or your teammate, and you say, "We're in this together." Like you said, gelling, coming together, camaraderie. Oh uh, man, right. it's, it's priceless, man. It's at the end of the day why athletics, as a whole, to me, uh, really helps to form good uh, social habits, good social construction, like mental, mentally constructing your your uh, outlook on what work's going to look like one day what sure. what having a family's going to look like one day you know yeah. being part of something bigger than yourself even if you are at the head of it so yeah man that's uh that's good stuff man like that's a great reason to go into coaching man is just to just to be still be in the mix and competitive wise man you're still mixing yeah no you miss you miss that competitive you know just Still to the day, I get competitive juices knowing that yeah, yeah. I'm coaching. You feel like you're gonna play. You want to play. Yeah, yeah. So that that feeling still still within you, knowing that you're still around basketball is the biggest thing. Yeah, you gotta love about it for sure. Now, coach, you know I always think about leadership in in you as a head coach. Uh, you know, I I look at how do I lead better? How do I get better at leading? Uh, you know, different ways to improve, right? However, right. I'm thinking, where did this come from? Where did I get this itch and this uh, ability maybe even to lead? We just say leaders aren't born. And and, and for, to be sure, I, I, that's true. Uh, great leaders aren't born, that's for sure. Uh, right. But there's something that comes along with your upbringing and your childhood. Uh, you know, what... What role did that did those two play in your desire to become a leader and to lead others? Um, I think just watching other coaches lead and do things um, by example. Um, you know, like I talked about my dad, um, you know, because growing up with playing AAU and being around kids, um, the things you do to sacrifice to, to see someone else happy and, and to see someone else successful, are the big major roles in being just a leader and leading by example. Um, I think the the model you show for our generation to be able to be a mock of something that you want kids to understand and be better and better their lives are the biggest thing, especially now in our generation and at the college level. Um, you get to see kids' background history and things that they go through and how you can impact and change kids' lives. Um, I think those are, are big things that form into leadership to me, and that was just to to lead and uh, guide and, 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 and inspire people to want to be something, uh, whether it's a coach, uh, a better father, uh, change their life around, just different things to empower them to be uh, successful one day or something. Yeah. You know, I like that. The word empower means so much to me. Uh, because a lot of, in a lot of different professions and especially at the corporate level, you always hear about people, we want to empower people, but the reality is most of the time they don't. I mean, that's just my take. 
not not that to say that'd be true across the board. And I don't want to pr- paint a broad stroke on that, but I just think in the, in the game of basketball and when you're coaching it and you're teaching it to young people that are hungry for knowledge and information, whether they whether they want to admit it or not, and they're right. and they're looking for guidance and leadership to be able to come in and teach these lessons and empower people to do the best they can do. Not the best you think they can do, but the best they can do. Man, that's such an, that's, that's, that's rich, man. Like that's wealth to me. Like you're storing up something really good for yourself down the line by doing that for people. And so when you say that, when you say empower, I think, man, that's, that's the key, man. Like for us, you know, for us is coaches and I, I don't I don't ever really play the race card too much, but when I get into myself being a minority and working with predominantly minority kids, I want to empower them to a degree that where the rest of the society is not telling them, oh, you can't get it done. The color you're right. saying, you can't do it. You're at a disadvantage. And it's not even people, it's people with their own skin color telling them that, like, you can't do this. Right. And I'm looking at them like, well, you did it, so why can't we? You know? right. And so I always want to empower kids to uh, and I and I think you're cut of the same fabric, Coach. To know that there's there's no other variable other than your effort, your determination, your will, yes, uh, your desire, and your perseverance to get it done. It, no, you're it, exactly right. And so uh, I really do appreciate you saying that, Coach, because I think sometimes coaches out there listening, you know, if you're still trying to figure out the why to what you're doing, uh, throw in empowerment, <laughs> throw in that. Mm-hmm. And uh, right. you're, you're not, now you're cooking with peanut oil, man. You, you're really going at that point. So, yeah, Coach, I, I really appreciate that because uh, it fires me up. And when I hear empowerment, yeah. I got to get fired up because it's, it's really one of the, 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 I guess, pillars to why to what I do, what I do as a coach. So, Coach, what, sure. you know, when, when you think about the first time you stepped on the court as a coach, assistant coach, GA, whatever that is, whatever that was for you, the first time where you were like, okay, I'm here. I'm part of this coaching staff. Uh, what's your What's your fondest memory of that time? You know, when I when I first started the student assistant DA, uh, it really wasn't even. It didn't even feel like I was assistant coach. Um, not to say it in a bad way. I, like there wasn't very many duties. I was just around the guys, kind of you know, scouting, playing with the guys, and I was uh, a GA over at Southwest Baptist, but. When I, I got my first actual assistant coaching job at Indian Hills under Bear Perry, um, I did not expect anything that I got myself into. Like, I didn't know. Yeah. Um, I was kind of, you know, shocked and like, wow, this is what it's like. Because yeah. uh, I didn't know it. I didn't know anything, honestly. Uh, I didn't know the way of recruiting, even though, you know, you get recruiting, you be around guys. But I had nothing, didn't know anything about recruiting. Knew a little bit about, you know, scouting report just because you, you go through scouting report at the college level playing-wise. But everything was, like, totally new. So it threw me for a world because I was like, this is what I signed up for, you know. Uh, and I've been blessed to be a, a special place like that. But, you know, it kind of – was a uh, culture shock and change, not only because the talent I was around, but also the background of players, that, what they've gone through, and just being around the people that have been at the, the best places 
uh, with John Warrenberg being at BYU and Barrett being at multiple places. Um, it was it was it was a big 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 culture shock for me, just from everything you have to do on a day to day basis. <laughs> Excuse me, but um, just the value it had in in, in being at the type of place that you're in and and just figuring out what it takes to be uh, in the position that you're in uh, on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Now, again, you're saying something that can help coaches listening that think, I want to take my chance. I want to take a a chance at this college coaching thing, or I want to take a chance at coaching at this high school level or wherever. Right. But then it's not, you don't, you don't know until you know. You know, no, and they don't, and they will. It's hard to know the grind in it, you know, on a on a day to day basis. Because there's nights where, like, I don't go to sleep until two a.m. and got to be up at seven to make sure the guys, you know, get up for class. Yeah. You know, you're you're working guys out from two a.m. to one a.m. and 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 taking guys to get food or whatever the case may be. You know, yeah, it's 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 the true definition of a grind and and never sleeping and trying to figure out how to learn and get better and teach and grow and build relationships and, you know, talk to coaches and recruiting. You got to make sure you, you got everything lined up and prepared to go day by day. Yeah, no. It, yeah, I mean, the, the word grind sometimes gets overused. and uh, But in that context, it, it can't. It just yeah. – it, it is what it is. It's a grind, you know. So, no, yeah, I appreciate you saying that, Coach, now when you talk about that grind and, and where you've come to this point as a head coach now, how important is building the right culture for your program? Building the right culture is, is, is crucial um, because you want the right type of players to begin with. You want good character kids. You want guys that are willing to win. Um, the guys that are willing to put in relentless effort. Uh, but building a culture starts with you. Um, and within the, the you know the, the guy at the top, the head coach, um, I think everything you model and you preach, you have to be able to do it yourself, also. Yeah. Um, because guys are very smart, and they they can see if coach means it. They can see if coach is invested in all in. Um, they can see if um, you know how much coach puts forth the effort and time into things. Um, by being here early and late and investing your time in each individual. Um, it's funny, when you talk about the culture, you know, I put couches in my office, um, you know, and it's weird to say that junior college, and most, you, you think about junior college, you're like, well, most junior college offices aren't that big, but, yeah. you know, I wanted couches in my office so I can sit down with my guys and guys can feel comfortable in coming in and being able to talk to me yeah. at any time, at any point to build a relationship, to see that how much I'm invested in them in their life and care uh, day in and day out to be able to get an understanding for them. So they feel like this is home. Yeah. Um, and the more you do with them and for them, the more they see and run through a wall for you. Yeah. And I think you still have to have good culture and good character kids to be able to uh, show you know, what you're trying to do and how you want to set the tone for your program. You like what you said there, Coach, about good character kids. I know every coach wants to recruit that kid, you know, good character, can play, good grades. You know, that's what we all want. And I think sometimes 
though, that the culture, if it's set in place, like you're talking about within the coach first, and the kid, you know, kids at that age, young men, grown men sometimes at that age already, uh, they, can, they can sniff that stuff out, whether you're being pretentious yeah. or you're being real with them. And right. you can you can say I'm being real with you, but if they know you, they know you. They you know. Right. And no. uh, and so I think sometimes say the kid doesn't have the highest character. Say his grades aren't that great coming in. Say he doesn't. He's missing one of those uh, variables that we're looking for for the for the perfect player that we want to recruit. Sometimes that culture can lead them to greatness where they didn't think they no, could do. No. It. And and they and they say you know I never had this kind of structure. Everybody let me do whatever the heck I wanted to do when I was in high school. And I'm glad, right. I'm, glad I'm here now because now somebody's holding me accountable. So I think that that's how important, that's how important the uh, culture is. And, uh, no. you know, it can really. It's, like, it's just like an investment. You got to be yeah. able to invest in that. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah. And the more love you show, the more love you'll regain you, you back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, by just giving them that, that, that arm around them and, and feeling the love for you know, you wanted to be able to make a change for them also. Yeah. No, Coach, you're speaking the right language there. I like that. Uh, what past experiences prepared you to be a head coach? Because I know, you know, you talk about, you know, kind of you talked about some of them already, but when you, when you really think about it and you ask yourself, man, how did I get here as a head coach and what, you know, prepared me to be able to kind of make that transition? I think the, the biggest things are just experiences um, with people that have been in front of me. Um, you know, my past coaches were Jeff Keo, um, Stan Johnson, Barry Perry, and, and Mike Jeffers. Uh, you know, Mike Jeffers is in the NJCAA Hall of Fame just recently. Wow. Um, he's retiring after 30 years. I got to I got to be able to be an assistant under him who actually we play against tomorrow in our region championship. Right. I'll go against, uh, and then obviously, Bear Perry was a phenomenal coach at Portland State right now, and yeah. uh, I got to coach under him at Indian Hills and playing for Jeff Hill. Just the past experiences with some coaches and learning and soaking everything up like a sponge to be able to understand what it takes to be a coach. Um, you have to be able to adapt, and you have to be able to um, take everything in from each coach and put those in front of you and, and map it out and brainstorm on how to be, you know, what you want to be, but also at the same time put your spin on it from what you learned and go out and, and, and show that, you know, you have what it takes. Um, you know, when you've given that opportunity and someone takes a chance on you, uh, I think the biggest thing is stepping up from what you've learned. Um, you know, you have to be able to, uh, like I say, grind, but also at the same time, uh, never feel like you you are satisfied in any position. Yeah. You know, um, last year we went to the national championship and at the Division Two level at Johnson County, and there were some parts in me that were saying, you know, am I ever going to move up? You know, am I ever going to um, be a head coach one day? You know, and my AD told me this this year, and I, I never thought this. I never knew. And he said, you know, I've always watched you. And you never know who's watching, you know, how you react on, on the bench, how your body language is, you know, what you do, who you know, the, the, 
relationships you build with people and you introduce yourself to, all those things go a long way uh, and to put you in a position where you are today. So I think it's a big thing when you do things the right way. You never know the position you may be in in the next year. Because a year ago, I didn't never thought I'd be in this position. Wow. Just because I, well, you know, you have those second thoughts about, is this real? Yeah. Uh, is it true? Can yeah. you do it? Yeah. You know, because you know, at the junior college level, and a lot of people may know this, a lot of people may don't, and this is key for a lot of young coaches. You know, you, you start with barely nothing as you begin. And obviously, money isn't everything, but yeah. For what you do and, and how much you do, you really have to work to get to where you want and get to the top. And you may not make a lot of money, but it's the people you care about and what you do and who you do it for yeah. put you in the position where you want to get to. That's great. I, I'm, man, you you spoke volumes right there, Coach, because, uh, yeah, no, nah, I don't even need to say more on that. It's just so good. That's, that's a, I don't like to use the term dropping nuggets on people or you know, you say that's a good nugget because I think a nugget, right. I think of McDonald's, but you know, I really think that's, that's, that's a gem right there because that's uh, something a lot of coaches uh, know, like you said, a lot of them know this, they know what the sacrifices are, the investments in time. Uh, you really got to know why you're doing what you're doing when you get into this thing. You really have yeah. to, if you don't uh, stay away, it's just going to frustrate you and yeah. the trail of relationships and uh, all kinds of negative things will be behind you. And that just, yeah, that, won't, yeah, that won't be any good. That's good stuff, yeah. man. So coach, how do you add value to your program and to the, the institution as a whole? Um, I think you add value with not only just yourself, but your assistants. Um, just the understanding of your team, being a servant, uh, continuously reps of your philosophy and understanding that this is what you want to do. You have to become, you know, uh, relentless on the efforts you put in and your expectations of how you want things. Yeah. Um, I think your assistants are very key because you want them around the guys more than you. Um, my assistant right now, Brady Morningstar, who played at Kansas for uh, Bill Self. Yeah. Um, he does a great job just being around guys. I think giving coaches a free reign to be able to step in and, and help and build a bond with the guys also and play a major role in the eyes of when you're not around. Um, and just being able to listen and adapt to different things um, just for the opportunities ahead and opportunities to succeed and being just a voice um, to make sure everybody's on the same page to build that your program and, 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 and to be able to get to where you want to achieve and what goal you want to get to. Uh, you want to make sure your circle is, is on point and strong. Yeah. You know, that's uh, so key when you're talking about like culture again, how uh, kids are experiencing your program, how that's going to speak volumes to the next group coming in, uh, you know, at whatever point they come in. And it speaks volumes to where you're headed uh, as a coach. You know, like you said, you never know where you're going to be at the next year. You never saw it happening. And who knows, right. from, who knows from this point, coach, where, where what's going to happen. You know, you're enjoying it and you're putting your best effort forward. But 
way you're building the program and the way you're talking about how important assistants are. Uh, man, you just do right by people. Uh, they'll do right by you. And even if they don't, at least you're sowing those good seeds of, of good and, 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 and treating people right, and the players, assistants alike. So that's good stuff, man, really good stuff. Right. So I, I'm, I'm big on uh, mental health because I think it's super important, not just for players, but for coaches. And uh, because we're talking about a grind, because we're talking about here again, the, the, the sacrifices. And sometimes it could get pretty strenuous when you talk about financial uh, sacrifices, right. you know, you know, money, money's not everything like you said, but man, the, the water company and the electric company, they want, they want their fair right. share of that money. So no. at, when I, when, uh, when I asked this coach, I really want you to kind of think about it because I, I put a big premium on mental health and how important it is. So how important it is, is it coach uh, mental health, not only for your players, but for you and your coaching staff? I think it's, it's, it's huge. Um, you know, we've, I've dealt with it before. Um, and I think sometimes um, we as, as coaches put a lot on people's plates um, with expectations of things. Uh, you know, and I even tell myself sometimes you have to step away yeah. and do things other than focusing on basketball and being important and being this and being this special player or being this special coach. Uh, you take things away from it so you won't have a tense emotion on things because you put a lot of time, you put a lot of energy and effort into things. And I think you have to clean your environment sometimes with just uh -huh. doing different things. Uh, empower your brain in different different ways. Uh, stepping away with, with bonding on other levels that have nothing to do with basketball to take your brain away and refresh and remind yourself and kind of just go back into it. Um, I think a lot of times we get caught up in um, forcing guys to do so much and forcing ourselves to do so much because you want to be good. You want to be great. Yeah. You want to be the yeah. best you can be. But at the same time, you have to kind of relax yourself and not get worked up on a lot of things to put yourself in a lot of depression mode. Um, you know, I, I kind of went into that this year um, because I, I, I've been in some some great situations and I had to figure out how to coach. I had to figure out how to step away and not feel like, is this right for me? You know, when you start losing, yeah, you, you beat yourself up. Um, you, 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 you feel like you're not the one for this or you feel like you're not doing something right. And I think sometimes you just take a step away and you're just, you know, you got to go back to your roots and refresh yourself from a lot of things so you don't beat yourself up with um, feeling like that you're a failure at times or um, just different things that come to thought. Um, you kind of got to recover from it and, and and go about things differently. Um, obviously, your family is a big part of uh, what you do every day. And just taking time away and taking time from away from not only the players, but players taking time away from coach and taking guys out to do different things um, that are fun um, and even make the players feel like their kids again with different things you can do outside of basketball. Yeah. Um, because it becomes a wear and tear at times 
Yeah. Um, and a lot of times players are scared to tell you different things. So it's kind of, it's kind of good that you find a pulse and a happy medium during the season to make sure your players don't get worn out through, you know, an eight, eight to nine month um, career and profession and things that you do because it, it becomes a long year uh, when you're forcing yourself to be overboard on just basketball, basketball, basketball. Yeah. Sure. No, uh, you know, I like what you said about clearing your environment. That's huge. And, uh, you know, I think about people kind of losing it at times and why they lose it. And it's because they're not at rest. Like, like I think about, I I like to paint like my house because my wife, she wants me to paint different rooms at times. Mm -hmm. So I think about an artist, right? Like, when an artist is done painting, they step back and they rest. They're not tired necessarily. They're just at rest because what they wanted to do was it's done. Like the work is done. And so I think when you've put in the work on the front end and now you can kind of take that rest, like you be secure that the work is done because you, you, you took the time to get it done. Right. I think where people get kind of, you know, frazzled, if you will, or kind of worked up, and they're not being able to rest and here again, clear their environment is like they haven't done the work. They kind of drag, they drag their feet. They kick the can down the road. And so I think, you know, just to be at rest, man, I I would tell all coaches that like, you know, if you're feeling like it's too much, uh, be at rest knowing that you've done all that you needed to do. And if you haven't, and if you haven't go back and, and kind of clean up that mess while before you clear your environment, clean your environment, you know, go back and and do, you know, make some of the wrongs right. Yeah. And so, that, yeah, good stuff, coach. Um, what are some of the sacrifices, the biggest sacrifices, I should say, you've made to be where you're at today? Um, you know, just taking a chance. Um, you know, like I said, when I first took my first official job, you know, I, I've never had actual coaching experience and um, I picked my stuff up from my parents' house and drove to Iowa and wow. lived in a dorm lived in a dorm. Yeah. And, you know, I had to go through the dorm life for three and a half years, four years, uh, wow. at the at the junior college level, not knowing what was going to happen. You know, after my first year, you go through uh a lot of new experiences and you're like, Wow, this is my life now. Um, yeah. you know, just, just just sacrificing um yourself your time, uh, your, 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 the things you've learned over the course of time. Um, it's, it's a big deal. You know, most people don't think it is, but it's huge because you go into a profession, um, for me, maybe just not speaking on anyone else, but for me, uh, not really knowing. So you're, you're taking a chance on something that could be, something you're going to do for the rest of your life and you start from the bottom to work your way to get to the top. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been through times where, you know, you miss practicing games to happen to take a kid back home or a six or seven, eight hour drive or 12 hour drives around the country. Um, when you want to be doing something else, but you're <laughs> sacrificing yourself to better yourself down the road yeah. for being at, uh, in a position, you know, like for me, where I am today, 
many things that, you know, behind the scenes of, of sitting in, you know, in the second seat calling plays that you go through that many coaches just don't understand or expect. Yeah. And people on the outside looking in that you have to sacrifice on a day to day basis. Yeah. Um, just to be in the position you want to be. Yeah. Some people have the wrong perception of like, they see a coach, especially if you're a former player like yourself, they think, well, they, they're, they're just, they're here because they, uh, they, they couldn't play anymore. Somebody, right. somebody hooked them up. Uh, they thought, well, he played well, so he could probably coach well. Which you, yeah, you and no. I both know that's never the case. Like, no, it's not never. A, it's n- never the case, and it's not a given. That's for sure. Like, just because you no, can no, hoop, no. just because you can hoop, doesn't mean you can coach. And then that yeah, and that just has to do with start, teaching. Start watching laundry in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like the the other things, the other variables. And so, you know, coach, I'm, I'm glad you're saying all these things because I feel like that's what this platform is about: is kind of telling the truth about the college life, the coaching life. Uh, and the grind and your story about how you're going from here to there, and, and you're not even done yet. You're not even close to being done. So that's the great part about it is we're catching you right now. Like I said earlier, Coach, hopefully down the line I'll still be able to catch up with you and, and get an interview uh, before you're too big time. But, uh, you know, you know that's, that's so important what you're saying. It's so key, and I think a lot of coaches who are listening out there, they can uh, sympathize with what you're talking about and others can kind of really get an insight to what they have to look forward to. Uh, and those right. are, again, sacrifices and moments where they want to give up, but they say, no, 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 I have, I have a goal, I have a mission, I have, I'm determined to get it done, and if he can do it, I can do it. You know, kind of that mentality. Because uh, yeah. if it, you hear somebody come before you and say, hey, I did it, you can, or I did it, Therefore, anybody can, then that's inspiration. And here again, you're empowering them just by, you know, your your testimony with what you're saying. So I really do like that, Coach. I appreciate you kind of coming out with that. Now, you talk about family, sacrifices, and all that. Uh, how do you balance family and work, Coach? Uh, you know, family is, is big. Uh, you know, and obviously big words you use in your program is family. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to – have a good wife that knows that the grind is real and the things you have to do. You know, she played college ba- uh, basketball at Southwest Baptist also. So she understands that she's an athletic trainer. She uh, spends a ton of time with athletes and in, in, in the sports medicine aspect. So she has a great understanding of, of things that go on. Um, I'm fortunate enough to be able to take my son to school every day. Great. fortunate enough to pick them up some days uh, and just taking time away just to, to be around them knowing that you know my days may be long or my, my season may be long there's some days I'm going to be on the road uh, just spending enough time uh, to keep the happy medium to know that I have to a job to do but at the same time uh, my family's important to keep them happy and be around them uh, and just knowing that I'm loved by them to be able to do what I can do on a daily basis uh, because they're key because they keep me uh, my spirit high and upgrounded and, and, and to make sure uh, I, have a, I have a purpose and a why also, not just because I lead young men every day, but you know my son and my family and my, my parents and my wife or my wife too. 
That's great, man. You know, when you have that, you can say, you know, say, say all hell breaks loose, you know, within the program. You know, you always need to go back and say, yeah, my family loves me. My wife loves me. My son loves me. I'm loved. Okay, I can do this. You know, I think that's uh, a lot of coaches out there, they long for that. They long for some, for somebody else besides the people that are in the program. Uh, they long for their affection and their acceptance. And I tell, right. tell every coach out there, whether you have it or you don't, uh, the fact that you're there, you're working, you've been accepted already. You're at where you're supposed to be and be, you know, again, rest, be at rest with that idea so that you don't get too frustrated. Uh, wins and losses, and yeah, they're going to bring joy and frustration whichever way you go with it. Uh, sometimes, right. wins, sometimes wins bring frustration if you win the wrong way. You know that, mm-hmm. Coach. But always know that, coaches, listen out there, listen, you can, you, wherever you're at, you belong. And make, right. you know, make it, make it, make it right with yourself. And, you know, know that you're, you're accepted there and your family be, be good to them and, you know, take care of them. They'll take care of you. Believe me. I know that way too much. I got four daughters, man. I take care Uh of them. They take care of me and my wife, same thing. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's a big thing. Family's huge. You can't preach it at, you can't preach it on the court if you can't operate it, operate it at home. You just can't. Yeah. Yeah. So coach. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, and, and along with just family, you know, it's, it's always good to have your kid, your your team over with your family. Yeah, yeah. Because um, you build that bond with your, your family being involved. Yeah. Um, so when you have a family, you bring your, your players that you call your family, like you just, you know, you call them your sons too, because you're around them so much. You just build that with your family and home too. That's great, Coach. So – what I mean, we've talked a lot about different experiences you've had, how you kind of prepare to be a head coach that you are right now, and I'm sure it's going to prepare you for the future to wherever you, you wherever else you uh, operate in, whatever what other space you're ever in. But when you think about yourself and kind of your growth and development as a person, what have you learned about yourself throughout your career? I've learned a lot. Uh in the aspect on both ends. Um, I think I probably learned the most this year uh, as a first-time head coach uh, about myself uh, with just patience, um, keeping my composure, uh, just not getting rattled. You know, at the beginning of the year, I'll be the first to say I got rattled because I was never, um, never been accustomed to losing. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I won at the Division Two level playing-wise with conference championship and getting to the Elite Eight two times. You know, I won at Indian Hills. Uh, I've been to two national championships. I won five regional championships. Um, so I've never been accustomed to losing. And, and this year, I found a lot about my. I found out a lot about myself just because. Uh, you have to learn to work harder. You have to learn to adjust. You have to learn to keep your your your, your level headed and um, keeping your guys together. Um, I felt myself and my team falling apart earlier this year just because um, we were losing. Guys were tired of losing. Um, and I think 
it brings you back to square one how you got how you got to where you were and how do you fix it and how do you become better and how do you keep your team together because you know with us winning the conference championship for the first time in 50 years here um we started out two and eight on the year before we won our third game um and guys could easily have tanked it i could have tanked it i could have been like well we're going to get some better guys in here this year. There's just so many thoughts that go through your mind yeah. that you can't think anything negative. Yeah. Because everything that you pour out in your body language that you have towards your team can show to them. And they are quick to pick up on it. Um, you know, and I talk to my staff about it. I'm just like, hey, we got to be positive every day. Every day we got to be positive. We got to cheer guys up, whether we're doing bad, worst case scenario. We got to keep looking at the bigger picture down the road. And I think those things have helped us in our journey getting to where we are now because at the beginning of the year, I was, you know, I was clueless. You know, I was calling coaches, asking coaches, what do I do? How do I do this? What should I change? Is my culture right? How do I get my players to like each other? Um, you just learn so much and you got to learn it fast. You know, there's no, there's no gap in between things you need to learn throughout the season because it goes by quick. Yeah. You know, those, those days go by fast. Those games go by fast. Those practices go by fast. You know, so every day I would keep a reflection on how we were and how we could be better because every day there's something new to learn, just something new to learn about your players. And there's something that players can learn from you every day by the energy that you bring. Uh, and I think all those things, boiled all into a bubble have put us in a great position and taught me so much about myself because, you know, like I said, first time head coach and first time my assistant has been an actual assistant after his playing days uh, at a different type of environment for him. Yeah. You know, he's been in, in the Big 12 and never dealt with junior college players. Yeah. So you're dealing with different type of players and different type of attitudes and guys that are trying to learn and get to the level that he was once at. So we learned so much so fast and um, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of it at the same time because you could easily just give up. For sure. Without and, even and, saying and it, not... without, without letting it be known like, Hey guys, it looks like it's over. Now nah, you can just operate in, in defeatism. And uh, right. you know, that's uh I look. I look at your your uh, your schedule, coach, and yeah, November was a rough month. You know. Yeah. You you no, you, you go like play some heavy heavy hitters. Yeah, yeah. Now that's that's the other variable, and maybe some people don't factor that in, but your team can't factor it in because they're thinking we dropped seven in a row, coach. You know, we won two mm -hmm. games in the month of November. We went two and ten, but then you yeah. but then like you're talking about, you bounce the bounce back. You come in February, you lose one game in February, you know, right? and you, you know, you barely, you barely lose any of the two in uh, January. I mean, that's it. If you ask yeah. a coach, you're only going to lose three, four games in two months. Uh, right. Pretty excited, especially at the junior college no. level with that kind of grind and that kind of schedule, you know, yeah. it's a, it's a good day, but here again, those are the lessons that we learn, you know, how not to give up, how to stay with it, persevere. But I like what you said too. Sure. You called coaches, you called and asked for help. I think that's one of the hardest things for coaches, especially if you're a head coach and you're feeling like it's all on me, it's all on me. Ask for help. And if you don't know right. anybody who can help you, 
ask somebody who knows somebody who can help you. You know, that's, it's, it's humility, it's self-awareness and it's keeping your team at at the forefront of what you're doing, not you, Uh, because it's their well-being that's at stake, not just yours. So it's good stuff, coach, really good stuff, man. So I I asked this question about legacy because it means a lot. I think overall to, to coaches, because we make so many uh, connections, whether it's, uh, you know, here again, the athletic department, the overall institution, uh, but especially players, families. When you go recruit a player, you're sitting in their their living room or wherever they're at with their family, and you're talking about, hey, I'm going to take care of your baby boy. Uh, he's going to be good, or I'm going to take care of your daughter. She's going to be fine. Whatever the, the, the recruiting thing is, uh, as far as connecting with families, however you connect with them, you're dealing with people overall. We're in the people business, right? So legacy, right. legacy and how people view us overall, is gonna, there's, there's going to be one, whether you like it or not. So what do you want your legacy to be, Coach? You're going, even though your career is nowhere near over, but as a working legacy right now, what do you want to work towards for people to say about you one day when your career is all said and done? The biggest thing for me is obviously being able to impact guys down the road where guys can be able to come back and be like, this is how he helped me be a better person. This is how he changed my life. This is what he did for me to put me in the position I'm in. You know, um, to, to be able to go to my player's wedding and, and, and their speeches towards someone that had made a big impact and influence on them. Um, whether it's becoming uh, whatever they want to be, walking across the stage, getting their masters. Um, I think the biggest thing is seeing them walk across stage and knowing that uh, obviously they look at the basketball end goal, but I look at the better person and being someone someday. So um, making a better life for themselves, coming into the situation they came from, um, because I think the more, like we talked about with culture and investing in them, um, I think you make a future for them and put them in a position to be something special someday. Um, you know, a, a lot of people think when they talk about legacy, the legacy you have as a coach, but when you go through so many years of coaching players, you know, like right now, I look back at all the players that um, that has been in my journey in my last nine years. Um, I still talk to them, you know, some periodically on a daily basis and some here and there. But just the things they go through and the reminiscing and talking about, remember this time, remember that time, and, and where they are now, and they thank you for so much that you've done for them. Um, it, it warms your heart because you know you made an impact on, on someone's life. You know, um, when I was at the junior college level also, uh, I used to cut, cut guys' hair uh, in my in my dorm. And, you know, just, just being able to laugh and joke about different things that you did in the past has been, you know, one of those things you're just like, wow, you know, I made an impact on this kid's life. You know, it brings tears to your eyes knowing that they're succeeding and being in a better place and having families and starting families and getting married and just being, being men is, yeah. is more uh, of an accomplishing legacy 
rather than, you know, how many wins and losses. Coach, I thank you for your time. I really do. I appreciate your your perspective on this. You know, what we're doing all as coaches and in the profession and how we're leading and uh, young people. And uh, just to have your your view on things is really important. And so I'm so thankful you took the time here again, man. Good luck tomorrow on your regional championship. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, if, the, if the coach you're coaching up against is listening, I'm sorry, but he's a guest, so I'm <laughs> telling him good luck tomorrow. <laughs> right. I, I just pray for no injuries, man. That's my, always my biggest thing with any kind of game. But uh, yeah. so, you know, here again, coach, thank you. I really do appreciate you making the time and, and coming on. Oh, thank you. I thank you for having me. This is this is good stuff though for, for not just for basketball in general, but for everyone else, you know, that wants to be something in any aspect of life. Thank you, coach.